I'm still getting used to this process. Yo, what's up, everyone? <laughs> Is that how you start every podcast? I'm trying to figure out, like, the introduction. Okay. Right? So I'm like, yo, what's up, everyone? I am Antonio Knox, and this... Okay. is the gradient radio an open space for creative conversations for creatives by creatives and our guest today is one of the dopest <laughs> <laughs> by day she is a ui designer and at night she is a french wine enthusiast mm-hmm. with the flair for interior design mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. our guest is crystal douglas oh. I loved that. Thank you so much. Of course, of um, course. You missed uh, something. So at night, I also, um, uh, well, I used to. Now I'm a recovering cake addict. Um, mm. That that was a big part of my identity. Yes, you know? yes. I saw you used to go to Shindigs. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> Honestly, I was, uh, I like cake, so I was eating cake. But then I also secretly hoped that they would sponsor me. So then I wouldn't have to like keep paying for this cake that I'm eating every day. Um, and then I realized that I can't eat cake and drink wine every day. Like that's not healthy. And also it's like making my face fuller. So I um, no longer eat cake every day. Mm, so you eat cake every other day? I know. I, <laughs> uh, maybe bi-monthly. Okay, bi-monthly. It's gotten very... You know, I'm doing well in this recovery process yeah, compared I, I, to, you know. I saw at one point you were also making the cakes. Yes. Okay. So now that's my new hobby. My new hobby is to now make the cakes to myself because then I feel like it's healthier because I know what's in them mm-hmm. and I'm baking them from scratch. Yeah. Everything's organic. It is still dessert. I understand that. <laughs> but at least I know what's in it and I made it. Mm. And then it's also like, it's fun. Like, it's super fun. I get to... Um, Pretend like I know how to decorate. Um, uh, when this is over, I'll show you the cake that I decorated recently. It's very sad. So we'll, we'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely got me hooked to the, I think it's like the strawberry lemonade from yes, Shindig. Yes, the strawberry lemon cake. Yes. Mm-hmm. I saw you post that one time and I was like, oh my gosh. That is my favorite cake. <laughs> That's the cake that I've been making because mm-hmm. I'm trying to perfect that recipe. Yeah. How is that going? Um, it's, uh, it's so interesting because I'm not writing anything down. <laughs> so, so everything by hand. Um, yes. And that's where I'm messing up because I should really write the recipes down because I think I've got it around like three lemons, more lemon juice, less lemon zest. Okay. But I don't know because I didn't write anything down. So now <laughs> I have to continue to think or go back and be like, all right, I think this is where I got it. And then maybe I'll write that part down. So are you going to put that name in your description or bio now? Like Like, um, Kate Connors? (laughs) Um, Susie Homemaker? Um, (laughs) uh, Housewife? Um, (laughs) No, I probably won't. Uh, Only only if I become really good at it, then maybe. Yeah. Because then I'll like, because I want to post some stuff that I bake, but like, most of the stuff isn't good enough to post. And then I feel super subconscious about it because then I'm just like, I don't want anybody to see this. I don't even want to see this. Do you have pictures? Yes. You got to show me some pictures afterwards. <laughs> I, will. I will. There's one thing that I really wish I would have recorded or like to, I, I did not capture. I made a heart-shaped lemon cake. Mm. Or no, just it was, it was just a strawberry cake. And I didn't have, my heart-shaped pans are not, um, they're ceramic, mm-hmm. so they take a lot longer to bake, and um, 
it just fell apart and it made me so sad and i thought they were gonna be cute because it's heart shaped mm -hmm. but i didn't record that i really should have like taken a picture so i can really use that as like this is where you started from and then this is where you are now you should but i was too embarrassed people gotta be able to see the process i know you should not be scared of the process you shouldn't that's why mm -hmm. i'm doing this and you know yeah. with the intro i don't i don't really have it nailed down yet so it's yeah. like it's a process it's a process so you are a so many things yes yes could you tell the people who yeah. you are and where you started from absolutely um so in terms of my career yes um i am a designer um i don't like to label what type of design i do because i do so many types of designs so my focus is primarily on user experience user interface design uh visual design and brand identity um that is my job. I, I've been focused on um, separating my identity from my work, <laughs> which is very important. Uh, and I highly recommend that you do that. So that is what I do in terms of work. Um, I also have my own freelance business where I primarily focus on um, brand identity design, um, a little bit of graphic design as well. And um, I like to do a little bit of interior design for the funsies. Yeah. So you spoke about separating your identity from the work. Mm -hmm. How were you merging both worlds together? For sure. Um, well, it's so interesting because um, there's another part of that question that I did not answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I, how did I get where I, I, I got? So um, I, it's so interesting and crazy and special to have people in your life. Um, and I think that's, how the world works now connections and reputation um so i met uh, an incredible human being when i was in school and uh at my college we did portfolio reviews and so at the portfolio review, review i met him and i was talking through my work and it was designed like terribly like it wasn't good design um i think it had legs in terms of aesthetic but um in terms of UX, there wasn't much grounds, um, and solely because I went to VCU. So at VCU, there is not really like any UX decorum, like no curriculum for that, um, at least at the time. I think they're trying to do some of that now, but the program was super outdated. And I did not want to do any of the things that they were kind of like leading us to do. So I was trying to teach myself UX, but you know, YouTube University can only get you somewhere. Facts. Like, <laughs> it's not like I, I needed, you know, actual work experience. Needed more, yeah. I needed more. I needed, yep. uh, you know, a course. So um, he kind of like was like, there's like you have bones, like you have really good ideas, like you con concept really strong, uh, strongly. So I want to kind of like offer you an internship. Mm -hmm. And so I got an internship at this digital consultancy and I got to learn a little bit more about UX and um, design systems. And from that, I was really trying to um, get a job at that company because um, I, you know, I'd already made connections there. I was learning so much and they couldn't hire me because they weren't hiring at that time. And so my creative director at the time, um, she, her husband was, uh, he works at, or he used to work at a digital, like um, a web design agency here in Richmond. And he was looking for a designer. Um, it was 
a blessing because this design job wasn't listed anywhere. He just was like looking for it. And I find that happens a lot. Sometimes it's not, you know, available to the public. Like it's not on their site. It's not on LinkedIn. People just like want something and they're talking to the people that they know, which is why connections are so important. So um, I literally went to their house for dinner and he and I like had a conversation. He's like, yeah, I like you. I'm hire you. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And he's like, well, I can't like hire you right now, but I'll have you come in, talk to like HR or whatever. So I did like I interviewed. She liked me. I did a series of interviews. My God, mm-hmm. like it, it was never ending. And, and it was like every time I went into interview, they were like, all right. So like, we'll keep up in touch for next steps. I would get next steps. And they're like, we're going to have you come talk to the team. I was like, who else am I going to talk to? Because I don't talk to everybody here. And I just want to know, do you like me or not? <laughs> like, Because at this point, it's like I can show you potential. Um, I know I don't have the. uh skill set yet because I'm like I'm really fresh but I can show you what I can do um and if you believe in me please give me this job and pay me because I got rent like (laughs) uh, (laughs) so um uh I ended up getting the job and when I got the job I had always had this idea for my life that I would like live, eat and breathe like work. And because I did design and I loved design and it wasn't something like I'm choosing to do for work. I was just like, yeah, it's like a part of me. It's a part of my identity. Um, And I slowly started to um, disintegrate and desiccate and not enjoy my life Mm. because you can't work can be the, the one thing that you focus on. Like you need a break especially as a creative yeah um there as a creative you're working you are a vessel and you're just producing things and um you need to have that clarity and you need to have imagination and a lot of times you can't do that if you're solely focused on work if your mind is on work 24 7 if you're if you're every time you pick up your phone there's an email or there's a text message or there's a slack message mm. like you need time and space to let your mind breathe to let your creation or your creativity and your imagination kind of like wander off and kind of like clear the slate and you can't do that if you're solely working and your identity is wrapped into what you do yeah. so you have to have some sort of separation and that's what i've truly been working on the past year i think like um the pandemic and working from home did it make that any better because you're um you live in the place that you work. So uh, especially if you live in an apartment and you don't have an office, like there is no uh, clear separation between what work and home is. Like it sort of submerges and then that sort of like swallows your identity. And you're just like, what I, all I do is think about web design and and design systems and like, that's cool. But I also want to frolic because it's spring and I haven't been outside in three weeks, you know? Yeah. So how did you step away? How did you start to like, pull that how did you yeah how did you start to pull that that uh that apart uh well kicking and screaming first (laughs) so i have a really hard time stepping away like i it sounds great in theory but i care so much about what i do that when it's not there i just continue i get really go down a rabbit hole in tunnel vision and i just kind of like get very deep into it and i continue to work on it um there are times where I have to like do check-ins with myself and be like, all right, where are you, where are you getting? Like, if you're not getting anywhere, there's no, you're wasting time. You're just burning yourself out. So you really have to step away and, and go do something else. Yeah. So what I've been trying to do as of recently is um, I have a little sketch pad or a little notebook and that's where I keep checklists for the day. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that I actually like to 
check things off. Like it, there's some sort of like uh, satisfaction when I like check things off a list. So I will write down my plan for the day, like every morning. Mm-hmm. And in the in my plan, I'll write down times where I want to um, do nothing, like literally do nothing. I want to sit on the floor, not listening to music, not do anything, just like sit there and think and let my mind my mind wander. Um, there are uh, like there's this saying in meditation that sometimes you know you kind of like think that you're supposed to be thinking of a certain thing like maybe your mind is supposed to be like at a beach and you're like all serene and things like that but also like the mind just doesn't work like that if you have thoughts about you know what you're going to make for dinner like give yourself that space to think about that like literally let your mind wander naturally instead of trying to control your thoughts and I think that's something that uh, really does help spark some sort of like idea or creativity or imagination is when you let your mind organically kind of get to that space. Yeah. So I'll write down time, maybe like 15 to 30 minutes to do nothing. Like just sit on the floor, lay mm-hmm. on the floor, sit in the chair, just, just let my mind be and think. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a really great way for me to kind of just like recharge myself and, and kind of re up, um, I also like to do walks in my neighborhood. Um, I live in a super cool neighborhood and it's so beautiful. Um, and I just kind of walk and get lost and mm-hmm. like actually stepping away and moving to a different place mm-hmm. that's not on a computer, that's not inside like an, a, an air conditioned space. Getting fresh air also is a really good benefit to, to sort of like physically stepping out and separating yourself. Yeah. Just like you, I had to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, for me, because I'm a, like a full-time entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So like you can definitely blur the lines and, you know, trying to figure out what your identity is when yeah. you're like working with clients and like your personal life, because yeah. it's something that you just do 24 seven. You have mm-hmm. to be on 24 seven. And I realized in, in order for me to like really create some structure, I had to like create some structure. Yeah. And so like, you know, I use the reminder apps. Like I, I try to do like the, the paper to mm-hmm. the pen, but it, it it didn't work for me, so I, <laughs> I had to use something that was like more, like because my phone is like always in my hands, mm-hmm. and so like I started to use, I started to put things into my calendar, yeah. and I started to uh, use use the reminder apps, mm-hmm. and I got on this like this uh, this this role of like constantly reading books, and what I started to take from the books is kind of like what you said, right? Yeah. Uh, I write my intentions weekly. Mm-hmm. I, I write my intentions monthly. I write my intentions intentions weekly, and I write write my intentions daily. So I read my book. I read a hundred pages in a day, in the morning, and then like after I, I write my intentions on like what I'm going to do for that particular day. And some of the, my biggest work is like during like ten thirty to like one thirty, mm-hmm. and then from like, like PM or AM AM. Okay. Well, well, ten. 10:30 a.m. to 1:30 p.m. Okay. Yeah. And then from that point on, I either like either work out or I I go somewhere, do something. But from like 3:30 until like 4:30 is the time I don't do anything. Mhm. That's that's my time to just like relax. Yeah. Don't get away from like social media, get away from like yeah. the music. I I I lie in my bed and I just kind of like allow my mind to like just like wander. That's awesome. And also like within that time i kind of like allow myself to like manifest the things i want to do next yeah so i definitely understand like the process of like just you know you you kind of like created some structure for yourself and then 
to to not be able to like blur the lines of like what's your personal life, what's your work mm-hmm. life, and you know also giving yourself some time just to do nothing mm-hmm. because like when we're constantly doing something, when we're constantly like looking at something, we're not necessarily thinking for ourselves. Yeah. Um. So like that's that was like the perfect perfect uh, thing that you had to do for yourself. And um, do you feel like you're kind of like heading in a, the the right direction or a better direction? Um after you kind of like created these boundaries for yourself i i do i do i it's so tricky because i'm learning that i also don't like routine (laughs) so it's like i'm trying to make myself how am i how can i please myself when i feel like i'm so hard to please Mm. (laughs) like i need structure but i also don't want routine like i don't want to be a designer full-time well I don't want design to define me, but I also end up just doing design full time because I'm like, if I'm not, you know, designing something for a client, I'm like designing my apartment, you know, like I'm always like doing something. And so I forgot what you said. (laughs) 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 This has been happening uh, all week. I've been losing my train of thought. No, it's it's all good. Um, I, I spoke about like it seemed as if. Do you feel as if like you are? Oh, making progress. Yes, making progress. Yeah, um, yes. I do. I do slowly but surely. Um, what I've come to realize, uh, and I also I do not remember the YouTuber who did this or who said this, but um, last year, and I watched this video all the time because I need a reup. Uh, she talked about, and once I find it I'll send it to you so you might be able to like kind of plug it but uh, she talks about creating systems instead of hard goals mm-hmm. or um, not necessarily hard goals because you, you can still set a goal yeah but sometimes it's hard for us to achieve that goal and if you think about it like a New Year's resolution mm-hmm. um, sometimes people don't make it that far into the year like actually doing it it's just because you like you say like oh I aspire to do X, Y, and Z, and you don't actually do it because you didn't set the systems in order to do that, or you didn't set a pathway or a plan. Yeah. Um, but the system idea is a little bit more relaxed because you can set several different systems in place um, to help you achieve that goal. And if you are a person who is tired or you don't really like routine, you can set you can set up several systems and kind of interchange those mm-hmm. to help you make the goal or yeah. reach the goal. So say your goal is I want to uh you know have a clean house, right? There are ways that you could do that that can be very time consuming and then there are ways that you can do that that can actually be beneficial to you in your time. So say you spend eight hours on Saturdays cleaning your house and it's just like you wasted your whole Saturday. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't get to go outside or you can set up a system where every day you put things away, like just to help you overall have a cleaner space. And so if you do decide to clean on a Saturday, you aren't spending that much time. So you're always making sure my shoes need to be put away. Mm -hmm. Dishes are clean at the end of every day. Um, Like my bed is always made, like just creating those systems so you can kind of, um, value or use your time wisely yeah. and then overall it becomes a habit I think if you do something like what like at least 30 days 28 days or something like that something it becomes like that, a habit yeah, yeah. and so after that if you're super accustomed to that it becomes a habit and it becomes a part of your lifestyle mm-hmm. and so I've been trying to kind of create systems for myself because I hate routine and I don't want to do the same thing all the time yeah. and in same thing in my notepad when I'm writing down my day mm-hmm. I'm like I, I have like times during the day sometimes uh, a little bit of time in the morning 
and a little bit of time in the afternoon and I will interchange those every day like I'm not doing the same thing every day um I joked I actually I'm not joking about frolicking I actually frolic um <laughs> and that's what I do then it makes me happy and you know Monday I might frolic at 2 30 Tuesday at 2 30 I might go to the grocery store because I just need to get out of the house like what do I need to do I, I'm utilizing those systems to help me kind of create like a better um day and life for myself I, I i've noticed that things start to feel mundane when i'm doing the same thing over and over yeah or when the day goes by and i haven't been outside because i've been at my computer from 8 a.m yeah and it's like 8 p.m at night yeah and i'm just too young for that like <laughs> my life like it just i can't like it's, when the days start to blur because i haven't been outside that's not okay yeah and like i have to my goal is to enjoy my life so these are my systems to do that like like slowly starting to take back control of my life where i can you know yeah so do you see yourself continuing to working for someone in the future because it seems like you know in many ways working from home is kind of like ideal for you because you mm -hmm. can like switch up your routine yeah because typically like when you work for somebody the it's, it's typically the same like mm -hmm. almost every day yeah so it's that eventually the goal to be able to go down that direction for you so you can have that freedom i don't know um and i also don't know how much freedom you has you have as an entrepreneur honestly in comparison to uh, for sure like nine to five jobs where you don't have that much control but i am blessed to work um at a company and companies that i can really schedule out my day mm -hmm. like if i don't have meetings during the day but i have you know uh, I work in production like I do production work so I have to actually produce something at the end of the day it's not like I can just like answer emails and like no like that's great if you can I like just envy you yeah like but I have to actually produce something so I, the work has to get done yeah. um, but I'm blessed enough to be able to you know if I want to take a midday shower if I want to like actually go somewhere during the day I can schedule out my day so you know in the evening maybe I do that work um, and depending on you know like however benefits work if you have like open pto you can always like take a day um and and spend it for yourself and so in comparison i don't really know how different it is like you do have like of course you have like the freedom because you are your own boss but also like having your own business is very time you're an entrepreneur you know it's very time consuming a lot of times yeah. you're working 24 7. Yep, yep. and so i like in comparison in the grand scheme of things if you do have that type of job where you can you know have a little bit more freedom I don't really know like and I have to like really set it out and like look but like when I think about it and I know this was like a big conversation about like people have nine to fives they can't really do anything they can't really control their lives or they're not the boss blah 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 and I think it, it is contextual uh, depending on what you do mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if I want to be my own boss that's something that I haven't quite thought about yet I, I did have dreams of having my own design firm but that as a career would not be fun for me because mm. I don't want to run a business. Yeah. Like I want to just design. Mm. I want to do all of the design work. Unless I'm a president and I have other people running my business and I just like pop in every now and again. <laughs> I don't mind that. That's actually a goal. That I, seems ideal. I want to wake up <laughs> and I want to bake my cakes and I might design something if I feel like it. If I don't, I don't. Like <laughs> that's my ideal life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, like it's, it's not, running your own business or being an entrepreneur entrepreneur is not for everybody. Yeah. Like everybody shouldn't like try to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it's it really seems like you have like some flexibility within like your your job or your jobs yeah because i don't i don't know most people who have the ability to be able to schedule out their day typically it's like a nine to five or like whatever or whatever but like it seems like you have like super flexibility where you're at right now yeah no for sure and that's like it's such a blessing especially working from home because you do um, there are times where I, I am chained to my desk, but that's that's because I do it. Like, I have this really like innate nature to like not s- to finish what I start and to not step away, which is hard for me. And I know that contradicts everything I just say, but like, it, I have to really force myself to really step away and kind of like go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm just really thankful and blessed that I do have the flexibility to kind of sort of like walk away when I need to or schedule out my day to do something else. Um, I, and I understand that a lot of people aren't, aren't able to do that. So, yeah. Um, that's a blessing. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of going to step away from like you mm-hmm. and, and work and kind of like <laughs> speak about your, your interior design and skills yes. and, you know, <laughs> how beautiful that is. Um, please tell us where you started with that. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. I'm a digital designer. Everything I design are websites apps things that I you can't physically touch and they're not tangible at least they're not like physically tangible in the real world in the real world yeah um and I found like some sort of like solace and something very refreshing about interior design because you can really touch things yeah. and you can feel them and you can experience them Um, And beforehand, I was calling myself an experience designer because I really, truly thought that I designed experiences. And I think I I still do it to a certain extent. Um, uh, You know, you experience that in different ways. Maybe it's, you know, through, you know, the lens of a computer um, or a screen. Um, But designing physical spaces just felt very like refreshing for me. And it was it's a little interesting and annoying because you can't like... um, command z in real life like <laughs> you can't do like you literally have to physically undo something if you don't like it if it doesn't work yeah. um but i ended up just designing my i started with my apartment um actually no i started with my dorm room that's when i actually really got crazy because i was like oh no this is like a space that i can can decorate and it's new and it's fresh and there's like possibilities and i ended up like kind of collaborating with my roommate when i was a freshman in college and um we we got some colors together like a palette and the room definitely looked like two different rooms on different sides but (laughs) they did not um they coordinated and they like there was some harmony there and then um i grew up and got my own apartment and uh, I started to design from there, and it was really strange. I I remember starting, my mom got me a graduation gift, and she got me a couch, and it was a pink couch. And I, I love pink, but I never thought about having a pink house or, like, utilizing pink furniture. Like, that decor didn't come to mind. And so I just kind of, like, based everything off of this pink couch and now my house is just pink and a whole bunch of like it's it's so interesting how that how that came about uh but I ended up just kind of doing what felt right um I like when I see something I'm like oh that that I want that um and there are pieces in my apartment that I feel like don't make sense like if you just kind of like if you bought everything in one setting 
you would be like, that doesn't make sense. I don't see how that works. Yeah. But after a course of time or just finding things that you love and like slowly but surely piecing things together, mm-hmm. it starts to make sense and mm-hmm. it starts to flow. And I think that I have like, um, I had to really teach myself how to design. Mm-hmm. But I think I have an inherent uh, um, gift to um, know what works well. I have good taste. And I think that that's something that I can sort of like lean on when I'm designing. Um, especially interior spaces because I don't have the the formal training in interior design. I can use the the design principles um, that I know from design in general, what I use at work. Um, but interior design is a little different, um, and I could take a little master class on <laughs> on interior design, and that works as well. But um, I kind of like to tell stories with 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 rooms, and that's how I do it in in UI and UX. You know, there's always a story, whether that is like a brand story or if you're telling like if you're trying to kind of like make the content come alive and you're and you're trying to to visualize that and add a visual aid to that um it's always about storytelling and so in every room uh i like to have a different feel or a different vibe so my kitchen right now looks like a cottagecore dream um (laughs) it has all of my uh baking books in there i have a little like intimate nook i'm a very intimate person i also uh, call myself like a introverted extrovert like um, or maybe I'm an extrovert introvert I don't know either way <laughs> I love to be by myself or in smaller groups of people but I can form and be chameleon like and in, in, um, in excel in, in spaces there where there are a lot of people yeah. that's fine um, but my house is sort of set up for Honestly, like it's so bad. I cannot entertain more than three people. Um, and I did that on purpose. <laughs> uh, so like I have like a little dining nook that's super intimate, two chairs, good. Mm. Um, and it makes for like a, a very conversational type of environment. The same with my my living room. Um, the the story that you kind of see when you get for, when you walk into my house there, I have two different entrances. I usually use the entrance for the kitchen. So you kind of like walk into the kitchen and you know, you get like this like really cute frothy cottage core vibe. There's like pinks going on. There's like some mustard yellows, um, emerald greens. I love jewel tones. And you go into the living room and it's the same uh, color scheme. And so it kind of continues on that story. It's a little, it's still intimate. You know, I have like um, uh, my couch, I think in my like, the proximity to the couch there isn't another like little chair i have like a little reading nook in the center so it's really set up for for vibes for for intimate spaces and conversation um and for myself mm-hmm. and the the bedroom and the the bathroom kind of like tell a different story like i've always thought like um that bathrooms could be more like spa like more like a little bit more sexy so uh it, there aren't ain't no pinks in there so it's like <laughs> it's black and there's white um there's a little there's hints of gold some gray tones and that that story is continued on through the bedroom because the bedroom is obviously like an intimate space for sure ain't no pinks in there either uh <laughs> black white like the color scheme you know it goes on that as well so uh, I, I like to, to storytell, and I think that like stays true throughout all of the things that I design, um, no matter what the medium is. I, I never thought of a place or spaces to be synonymous with stories. Yeah, ah. that's experience. Like I, um, 
uh, I love smells too. So like every room smells different. Like the kitchen always smells like some sort of food. And so whether that be like, um, I have like strawberry shortcake, like air fresheners or like wallflowers right. or peaches. Like, yeah, like it always smells like food. The bathroom always smells like either a man or spa. So mahogany teakwood from Bath and Body Works. <laughs> yeah, um, I have that it's so good it's so yummy <laughs> or like something like um eucalyptus like mm -hmm. something spa like um i think that like it's it's all about the experience you know like if you have a, a well-rounded experience through through your senses that's the great thing about design especially the tangible design of like interior design you can feel it you can touch it you can smell it you can see and so when all of that is combined you're like really getting a vibe mm -hmm. you know yeah so is it difficult when people come over your crib they do they ever want to leave uh yes um also i like i'm like oh I'm just, I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's like you ain't got, you got, what are you doing today <laughs> like, uh, i just kind of want to like watch tv i don't know um no they do they always like say it smells so good in here it's so nice in here i think also my new apartment is different like my old apartment i had like people like scared to sit down or why because it, it every piece looked like it was highly mm -hmm. curated nobody felt comfortable and i was just like y'all like i'm laying on the couch with you know like if i'm doing it you can do it too like it's fine but i think this my apartment my new apartment has like the vibes are completely different like the energy in there is good it's like it feels it feels nice and it's the floors are warmer like there's just there's something different about that space and like people have have surely acted different in that space like people get very comfortable i've had guests sleep over which i don't like um and I know I sound like the most unhospitable person ever, and I feel bad because I'm Southern, but <laughs> I just like my space. <laughs> like, I like to entertain people from, like, a certain amount of hours, and I'm just like, all right, now it's me time. Yeah, no, every, everyone definitely loves their space. Well, well, I can't say everyone, but I, I know I love my space. Yeah. Not, not too many people have come over my space, so yeah. I, I, I completely understand yeah. that. It's sacred. Yeah, it's super sacred, especially my bedroom. Yeah especially the bedroom do you okay question do you have a tv in your bedroom i do okay. i didn't want one okay but it was a gift and okay. i was like i don't want this and it was like <laughs> no you gotta keep it <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a 55 inch so it's like it, okay. could, it, it could go i mean it could go other places but it's like no I, it was like i want you to have this yeah and so like after a while i was like man let me just let me just take it and i yeah. put it on my wall and then it's nice. It's nice, but I I barely watch TV now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm typically if if I do watch something, it is going to be on YouTube. Okay. Um, but like it's it's there, and I use it for music as well. That's so nice. Like, okay, yeah. I can see that. Cause I I don't believe in TVs in the bedroom. I don't think I they think the be bedroom there. is for sleeping yeah. and other mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah. like I don't, and not TV. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's like an, uh, a Western thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Like yeah. you also. Like screens are so, and I know I, I'm in digital design and I'm in UX, but like screens are crazy. So do you not take your computers into your room? Like, Well, I have worked in the bed at some point, but I don't try to do it. I really like to like get up and, and, and work elsewhere. Yeah. And like actually like be in the, like in the, I, I, I you have to separate that out because yeah. I'm not as produ productive if I'm in the bed, you know? Mm-hmm. I really just want to sleep. Yeah. I really just want to sleep. I mean, that's what it's for, really. Yeah. 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 I had a thought, but I forgot. 
yeah, no, don't waste your time. It's just my my memory. It's all good. <laughs> so you you spoke about how kind of like how you curated your particular spaces mm-hmm. to feel uh, super cozy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not that many people. <laughs> Typically, like it, when you spoke about like you're kind of like your dining area for like two mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Right. Typically, mm-hmm. like dining areas are like these large spaces with like yeah long tables. Mm-hmm. Eight chairs. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen like the opposite. Yeah. Like the opposite that was super intentional. Mm-hmm. Was that was that intentional? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I I wanted to create a nook. You also have to think like I'm working with an apartment, so for sure, yeah. Space mm-hmm. is also limited. Um, but I wanted to kind of create a nook because I knew that I probably wasn't going to eat at the table. Um. But if I do decide to, like, if my mom comes over, um, for some reason she loves working at my, like, dining room table. And it's so strange. I'm just like, I have a desk. You want to just, like, sit there? Like, I don't know. Um, but it's – so in the nook, the table's also round. And I've been reading that rounder tables create a more intimate space as well. So even if you're entertaining more than two people and you have a round table, conversation is more natural because you're sitting here yeah. instead of sitting, like – across like you can turn to your neighbor mm-hmm. and be like oh hi blah, blah. did you meet so and so and like the conversation can flow a little bit more naturally yeah. and a little bit more informal than a standard like square table where you're sitting across from people yeah. um and so i wanted to have a circle table it also made better sense for the space since it is smaller um and then having like the little two chairs felt nice because i was like this is like a proper nook it's super intimate like nice little like dinner breakfast whatever um is fine but then i also have uh i, I kind of take that chair that table too and sort of like um my space is super uh weird and i don't know if i can explain it but i have like a good amount of space in my living room so i kind of transform the apartment and i'll put the table in there and i can set up more chairs so when i do like actually entertain four people oh my god um that's the uh, maximum <laughs> Yeah, because now we're running out of chairs. <laughs> I can, I can like actually like accommodate for all four people. Yeah, are those chairs all the same? No, and that's the other thing. Like, I really got to get some more chairs, man. <laughs> so I have my two dining room chairs, so those match, and then um, the other chairs—they're both pink. They're different styles of chairs. Yeah. And so I, I um, wanted to host a tea party at my house, but then I was just like, I can't host a tea party with mismatched chairs. Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. Actually, it's not done. I'm, and if you did it, I'm so sorry. I just I'm very heavily aesthetic focused, and I need I need it to be uniform. Yeah, it seems like design really oozes throughout like your whole life. Yeah. Like from obviously from like your bit well not your your, your business yeah. or like your your professional life, but mm-hmm. also like your personal life. You mm-hmm. you think about it each like from interior design, and I can imagine from like the the fashion that you wear as well. Mm-hmm you think about that from like a design perspective like how is this going to look yeah i am very heavily aesthetic uh driven and focused um uh sometimes un- unbeknownst to me uh but very clear to other people mm-hmm. um i don't know i start to think about i'm always thinking like my head is always going i'm always going and um oftentimes like i'm always like i'll like i feel like it looks so strange but i'll like close my eyes like this <laughs> and it's just because like if i'm doing this like i'm like thinking about all right like i'm putting outfits together in my head and i'm like interchanging things mm-hmm. or i'm like thinking about 
to my apartment and I'm like, okay, if I move the chair here, like I did that several times before I moved in mm. and I guarantee you not, it worked. Mm. And when I was putting things together, it just, it worked. And I, I did record the space before, so I kind of had that to fall back on, but I was like in my head, just like changing things like, yeah. all right, so I could do this here and I could do this here and I could do this here. And it's just going, I think that's like, that's just in it's natural and it's inherent. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes no sense as to why, like, I always think about this, like, why can't I, I can't naturally sketch. Like my brother is really gifted at that. He's a very talented illustrator, um, but doesn't want to do design. And I want to do design and I can't draw for, to save my life. And, um, it always like makes no sense to me. I'm just like, I just like, I know like the, the taste and aesthetic is inherent and I know what works. Why can't I draw? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um, but no, aesthetics, aesthetics are very important to me. And it's, it's kind of like this thing that just happens and flows naturally, which is great. Yeah. So you, you spoke about vis visualization. Mm -hmm. You, you visualize things before you like actually put it into mm -hmm. motion. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, like, if you had, like, uh, mood boards for, for these of things. Of course. Or I, or I, so you, you have mood boards. Of course. Of course. I love mood boards. Yeah. Um, and I, at my current company, it's so interesting because um, they have transformed the way that I do mood boards, like, completely. Um, and I used to, I don't know if I put much thought into the mood board beforehand I would put elements that I know I wanted and it wouldn't convey an overall mood it would just be like a collage of some sort and what I've learned is that mood boards shocker are supposed to create an overall mood <laughs> so <laughs> it does not have to be super literal like if you're designing um, for example if I'm designing for a law firm website I don't have to have gavels I don't have to have uh, bookshelves or typical law firm like aesthetic pieces I could literally have brush paint strokes mm -hmm. I could have cropped buildings I could have texture uh, like I could zoom in on couches to get like a sort of like it's meant to evoke a certain tone you know and so the way that I think about mood boards is I really start to think about the story that I'm telling and what I want to evoke I, I break things down into uh, keywords and key terms like if I want something to feel uh, personable or um, I, I usually do like three I do sets of three and they all feel or supposed to feel like some different things if something is meant to feel like personable established and authentic I start to piece together a mood board of what may feel like that um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, things that are super specific they can also be um, pieces that sort of feel like that um and so like kind of stepping out and thinking or stepping out of what is supposed to be and just open yourself up to the possibilities is ultimately what helps me get there mm -hmm. and it's like um i i was uh, taking a course on uh, creativity and uh, i was learning about uh, structural fixedness and uh which essentially is when you can't think of something outside of the structure that you're used to. So if something um, sort of like, you know, this glass like functions as something that you drink water from. 
and there might be a barrier there where you can't think of doing anything else with this glass other than drinking water. Breaking out of that fixedness would allow you to figure out multiple ways to use this glass without just drinking water. And so kind of sort of applying that and allowing your your body and your mind to truly be a vessel and break out of that that op, that that fixedness is is what gets you there and so like doing mood boards that are um that you know is picking up things that really inspire you mm. and that you have a visceral reaction to um that's like the best thing to ever something just really moves you just collect it and save it and then go back to all of the things that you collected and see what you can pick from there. There are concepts within like that mass group of things that don't really make sense. You can sort of like, it's, I don't know what happens, but it's something like your something happens with your mind where, uh, especially if you do, like you spend like an hour looking for content or you spend an hour looking for resources and you just sort of like grab whatever you have a visceral reaction to or whatever you connect to. And then you look at it and you start to piece it apart and group it and you start to form concepts from that you start to see okay i can see this and this goes together with this you start to see some sort of relationship and i think that really does help you in and broaden your scope in your mind to different possibilities yeah yeah i don't i don't think i've sometimes like when i'm creating mood boards mm -hmm. it's typically i'm looking for like whole pictures yeah i never thought about it from the concept of like if i like this <laughs> this specific corner of a thing yeah. or like this close up of a thing to add it within like the mood board. I just always thought to look for like whole pictures that I loved. I would strongly suggest that you start cropping things like really like mess it up, tear it up, like uh, crop it, stretch, like rotate it because it really does elevate or change the entire board. Yeah. Um, I uh, today I was working on mood boards and I um, found a photo of a building the background I, I could tell the photo was edited heavily because the background was like yellow or something like that and the building was like this really nice like colorful uh, structure but it had wood textures and tones and it was angular so it wasn't like that right there gives you like so different uh, to, uh, a few different vibes like you're getting an angular building so that feels already a little bit more established and structured mm -hmm. but it's it's wood yeah. so that that feels a little bit more warm mm -hmm. and charming um and then it's colorful so that also adds to the charming effect and something that feels a little bit more informal and so depending on the way that you utilize that photo you're going to get a few different vibes so if you crop it somewhere where you can't really see the angles and you're you're com trying to communicate like a more charming and warm vibe it works yeah if you don't then you're getting these angles and it just doesn't vibe. If you have like uh, circular shapes in the mood board or things that flow in a little bit more organic, it just doesn't work because you got this little angular thing. But that photo, if, if it really does move you and you feel like it could work, especially aesthetically in terms of like color and things like that, crop it mm -hmm. and then it works. Yeah. And it, it really does transform the entire mood board. Yeah, I mean, from the way that you're kind of explaining it, I'm like, I, I definitely have to try this. You do, <laughs> I strongly suggest. I, I don't know why I didn't think of that. Think of that. Yeah. Mm. How would you define creativity? Uh, can I can I describe it as like a feeling? Yeah. Um, I'm also gonna say that me asking that question was creative <laughs> 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 because I didn't define it. <laughs> I kind of gave it its own. Like interpretation little, yeah. yeah yeah i think 
um, creativity is like, so when we're younger and when we're children, I think that we have like a really vast imagination mm -hmm. and we don't have sort of that structural fixedness barriers and things like that to um, hinder us from like really reaching a point and coming up with ideas and being inspired. And as we grow up, you know, that sorts because of life and because we learn a lot more and our and our brains start to develop more and we are obtaining everything that's around us um, and other people's like ideologies and things like that, our imagination or our creativity starts to, to shrink. And I actually, I don't really think it shrinks. I just think that we don't pay attention to it mm. as often. Yeah. Whereas like when you're a child, you don't have those barriers and you're allowed, your your mind is allowed to run free. Yeah. I think that true creativity is really having space to allow your mind to wander and to be inspired and to not, to be without judgment. Because when you're without judgment, you can really allow yourself to be open and to sort of absorb all of the things that um, the Lord has for you, uh, the world has for you, and all of the things that you're, that just come to your mind. Uh, you really have to like literally allow yourself to be a vessel. And creativity sort of like feels like, I'm gonna see if I can try to describe this. Um, so if you've ever like just been to a place mm -hmm. and there's just something about it and it just feels like, it feels like, if something feels like everything like there's just something possible or it just feels like really good like you're just like dang this just feels right and it just feels good i think that's what creativity feels like to me like it just feels like an open source for for possibilities mm. and you have to really allow yourself to be open to that yeah. and so in order to do that you kind of have to step away you kind of have to change your structure you kind of have to change your strategy you have to just allow yourself be in places that you aren't normally in mm -hmm. really allow yourself to be open to be a vessel to really absorb and consume uh what's around you and then you know you get those possibilities mm. <laughs> i never thought of it like that yeah i never i never thought of it i i, I know i mean I'm constantly creating things and so mm -hmm. I never actually sat and thought about like what is creativity to mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. um, but I definitely understand the coming from the standpoint of uh, of creativity being a, a feeling yeah because you know typically like when you're like in the process of creating something creating mm -hmm. something new um, there is like this like this this feeling mm -hmm. <laughs> that happens in, in the process of like creating something and like you hope it's right. Like you hope it's like the, yeah. the perfect thing that comes like out of you that's coming from nowhere or just coming from God. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's definitely like a, a feeling. And that's what I want like so many people to kind of like feel. Yeah. And and that's the purpose of like the gradient to to be able to help people um, find their pap <laughs> find their passion, <laughs> <laughs> find their passion so they can live out their purpose. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like that's that's the goal. I want people to feel that because I've mean, I felt I, I've no I know 
I felt it all my life. Mm-hmm. You felt it. So many other creatives, creators have felt it. And so it's like, it's that, it's that like pocket that you're kind of like in. Like, it's yeah. just like, you're just like creating. And it's like, yo, it's, 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 it's so different. Like, it's, it's hard to really explain, but like, I understand like where you're coming from. Um, would you say that you're kind of like walking in your purpose? Like when it comes to the things that you create? This going to turn into therapy, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I had one moment that I felt like I was walking in my purpose. Um, and this was my first ever interior design sort of gig. Um, I was asked to design a wedding. And I had never done that before. I was scared because I had never done that before. And I was like... Um, I hope you know that I only decorate my apartment and my friends' apartments and, like, no actual real spaces. But I'll try. And I we we spoke, and she kind of, like, it was a quarantine wedding, so that also helped because the pressure wasn't crazy. It was at the house. Um, and she was just like, yeah, like, we there's so much going on, but we just really want to be married. And, you know, our family can't be there, but we want to make the space feel magical. And I like things that feel magical. Um, if you couldn't tell by me frolicking and baking and things like that. Um, so I, I sort of took, you know, what she wanted and, and what she said and, and created a mood board based on those feelings. And we made the space feel very erythreal and like a little oasis or a little like um, secret, secret garden. Honestly, it was full full of flowers and incense and kind of like really transformed her living room into like this extraterrestrial like garden that it it was insane um but she was so happy she was so happy and she didn't really have you know like family there it was just really her her husband her brother and and the pastor and um my role was really to just design and I came in and I did the design and I helped set up and I was like planning on leaving but like I ended up staying and really like seeing it through helping her like like I turned into the wedding coordinator like the pastor was like so when are we doing uh this and I was like I guess we do let's just do it here like I don't know like I'll just let's figure it out and I really like helped create this space and this experience for her that she wanted and was describing but she couldn't visualize and she was like this is really like I I knew what I wanted but I I did not imagine that and helping her and like seeing how happy she was and like really like creating this space and this experience for for like a day that it's her wedding day you know like that's really special made me feel so good and I felt like I was doing something really important um and I don't often feel like that because you know you can't really pick what you work on sometimes when you're working at work um and and granted you're making someone's like goals you achieve their goals you know but that's through like a company when you're when you have like this direct access to a person in their life that feels uh beneficial feels important and it made me feel like I was like purposeful in that moment and so I don't really know what my purpose is like to to define it distinctly but I know it, it it's gonna have to be with helping people and I think I find that too when I do my freelance work when I do my freelance like design work um when I'm able to like really do brand identity and walk someone through 
their brand. Like if you're describing to me what you want your brand to be and we're putting, you know, we're creating a brand voice, we're personifying the brand so that you can write for the brand and, and design for the brand and have someone else design for it. We're putting together those systems and um, it, it works like like helping you directly help you direct or helping you uh achieve your business goals makes me feel good it makes me feel like i'm 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 moving in my purpose and so whatever i end up doing and wherever uh the lord sends me i think it, it really is going to be like working directly with people and not necessarily like corporations yeah i noticed that um people like to run from the word creativity or creative yeah. A lot of people think, and I think this is also one of the things that happens when you grow up, is mm-hmm. that you think that in order to be creative, you need to be like an actual artist. We're all creative. Mm-hmm. We all have imagination. You once had an imagination before you grew up and Facts. became an adult. Yeah. And so um, this app, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is not for just designers or artists. It's for everybody. Anybody who wants to be a creative, anybody who wants... Mm, not that anybody who wants to open themselves up to creativity and imagination. We all are creative. We all have imagination. You just have to really embrace it and really like tap into it. A lot of people are just like, I'm not creative. I can't help. And I'm like, no, you are allow yourself to be. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think people can allow themselves to really dive into that? Do they have to, tap into that like child like those child like memories those child like abilities like how do you think those people can un- unlock that creativity that they have within themselves but they feel as if like they they can yeah i think also it doesn't have to be something uh grand like you don't have to be like trying to design something it could also be like creativity is figuring out like a new way to schedule your night or like to do your night like it could be something super simple and i think you have to really allow yourself to do that and like i was saying before it's opening yourself up to be a vessel to imagination and to to wander to like different perspectives and ideas that that could that you know could be brought to you um i think resources also helps like helps a lot like especially when you're like I'm saying all this, like, all this stuff, like, open yourself up to, like, the ideas <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. And, like, you're probably like, okay, like, how do I do that? But resources also are a really great resource to help you do that, too. So if it's, like, um, looking at, say, you want to create, like, a fun way to um, spend, spend your evenings, right? You can look at certain blogs you know people have ideas like let's do campfire nights in the house like um looking at pinterest looking at um particular influencers on instagram that you really enjoy uh looking through books or actually like going out and um a lot of people are super inspired by uh records Mm -hmm. like going out looking at record designs like pulling pieces from that Um, now i'm starting to get into more like creative stuff but (laughs) um um or more design stuff but uh resources are incredibly beneficial because they really can help if you're really pulling from a source of like i i really can't get anything finding resources does help but i i I urge you to do both yeah you know like try to find try to get it naturally first and if it doesn't work then start to get resources um but also try just like try it on your own because sometimes once you like actually start something then you're 
your you, you've gotten your brain started to work yeah and you can kind of produce from there you just have to start yeah yeah it's, it's just like you said like some sometimes people prevent themselves from mm-hmm. like just like even doing mm-hmm. because they see the whole project yeah. or like what it takes to be able to create something like that and, yeah. like, and they feel as if like i can't do that mm-hmm. you know i can't start that and you know just what you said like typically sometimes the projects i've, I've done the projects the projects i've done um, and I, I would see like the big picture, but I wouldn't yeah. be like too discouraged about it. And I'm like, if I just like take one step at a time and, you know, just do start, start, if I start first and then mm-hmm. I kind of like go down like this process of like, just trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. Then over time I would get to like that in process, but like, you just have to be able to start first. Yeah. You have to be able to do and like everything else is just kind of like, kind of like come along the mm-hmm. way and with that process. And so like. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. The hardest part is just getting started. Yeah. That's like half the battle. Yeah. Because we can be in our head a lot. Yes. Like, like so much and just sort of block ourselves and or spend too much time on, on one thing. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes moving along to a certain or a different thing can uh, kind of help you get to where you need to be. Yeah. And then just revisit what you were stuck on so long. And once you revisit it and it works, and you're just like, why did I like, I was spending so much time on mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, just start, people. Yeah, just start. <laughs> <laughs> just start. Like, uh, one of the, the the person I had before you was kind of like speaking a little bit to that because they were kind of like a a novice. Mm-hmm. Like in a, in it, they called themselves a novice. Novice. Yeah. They called themselves a baby yeah. in terms of like being creative or like doing creative things because their nine to five is so vastly different in comparison to like what they really want to do with their right. lives, and they felt as if like they were just like a beginner with it, right? Mm-hmm. And once they started their idea, it kind of like just took off. Mm-hmm. Like they were thinking about it for like five years. They were thinking about wow. it for five years. And when they started the process of like just doing it, just mm-hmm. taking one step at a time, just starting it, and everything just kind of like fell into place. Yeah. And once things started to f- fall into place, it created like new opportunities, new doors. They met so many different kinds of people. And had they never started, their life would look vastly different in comparison sure, to yeah. like where they are now because they started like their ideas. And yeah. so it's it's super pivotal and just like just going for yeah. that idea and not being too afraid for what you want to do and, and, you know, unlocking that creativity that you have like within you. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I kind of want to speak about <laughs> this uh, this uh, wine. Okay. This this okay. French wine a little yes. bit. Um, yes. Please school me on some like French wine. I I I used to dabble in wine, but it wasn't like okay. it wasn't like too crazy. Like <laughs> people laugh at me um, because I don't laugh at me when I'm about to tell you this. But uh, I like to put ice. Stop it! I know, I. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. And I was really hoping <laughs> that you would. <laughs> My friends told me never to. <laughs> and here you are on a podcast. Just tell it everybody. Everybody's going to listen to this. <laughs> I was really, I had hopes. I had hopes that that wasn't about to come out of your mouth. But it's only a particular kind of wine. Right? It's not, it's not like Spanish wine. It's not. It's kind of like candy wine, right? Like it's it's when I say candy wine, it's like. Are you putting ice in Moscato? 
Because then that's just all. That's just terrible. It's just stop drinking wine. <laughs> Moscato was bad, number one. But then you, when you put ice in it, it's just disrespectful to. Nah, it's, it's it's kind of the wine that like everybody drinks. That that people start off with. It's a semi sweet. Right, oh wait, 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 wait! You got it. You got it. You got it on the tongue. You got it. You got Is it, it the Jewish wine? Mm mm. Uh, it starts with the S. You see billboards about it all the time. I do. It's okay. Hold on. Wait. It starts with an S. It starts with the S. The second letter is a T. Wait, is this a brand or is this a type of wine? It's a brand. It's a brand. But it's semi sweet. It tastes like juice. It starts with a t- S T. Oh, I've never drank that wine before. You've never had Stella? No. That's that's because it's candy wine. You don't drink candy wine. No. I didn't even start off like that. Well, I knew I wanted to. Okay, so I, there's something wrong with me because I I have an idealized identity and life. And sometimes I try it out. Sometimes it don't work. And I'm just like, all right, I give it up. It's not for me. It's not for me. And... um. Wine, ever since I was a little girl, I just was like, you know, the women who drink wine looks really sophisticated, and I just, I want to be that. And, um, yeah, there's definitely a look. There is, it's, a, it's an it's, aesthetic. It's it gets, <laughs> aesthetics are important. And I was like, you know what, but I look like, I feel like I would drink like red wine. Like, I look like that kind of girl. Like, not a white wine girl, like a red wine girl. And I, um, took it very seriously. So, so seriously that on my 21st birthday, I went on a vineyard tour mm. and I did not get super drunk. I went to actually taste wine. So I've only been drinking quality wine. I mean, I've had like reluctantly had a barefoot. <laughs> reluctantly. Um, But I, I tend to try to drink wine of quality. And sometimes it's not, it's not that deep. Like I'm also not a stop. I understand like, Sometimes you have to buy twist off tops. <laughs> that sounds so bougie. If you are a mother, you don't have time, maybe I get it. You got to buy a twist off top. Sometimes you shouldn't. I'm just saying. So, I've never had Stella. And I'm mad that you put ice in it. I mean, that's not surprising, though. <laughs> that's not surprising. The first time you tasted wine, you went to a, a vineyard all good like I, I i really forced myself to learn to love red wine i drink i love red wine now but at first i thought it was the most bitter nice. it's so nasty <laughs> it's, it's it's so nasty like i've I went to a i've been to a couple and i and every single time i just you can't look so disgusting i can't do it <laughs> I, just, I also don't know how to i don't uh, i also don't know how people drink alcohol that, that's that's fair that's fair alcohol is not good it does not taste good <laughs> it doesn't but it's an acquired taste. So you have to sort of like train your taste buds. Like That's my, what I heard. My yeah. taste buds are whacked. Like I love red wine, kombucha, ginger shots, anything that's like that make people like that. I'm just like, ooh, where, where? I want more. Like you have to really like train your taste buds to, to experience it. No, I'm good. I, <laughs> you can start. You I like, can start. Like, I like my slow. taste buds to taste like a child. Like, all sweet things. <laughs> you can start slow. I feel like you like a, maybe like a medium bodied red wine might I, be I, nice. I tried all of it. I tried all of it. 
Okay. I still like Stella, I but like, I, we I, have to go to a vineyard now. We got to go to a wine tasting because <laughs> I got to convert you. I'm telling you, I've been to a couple of a couple of them. And we going to more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're converting you. It's kind of like uh, working out, right? I got to build that muscle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do a little, little tongue push. <laughs> tongue sit ups. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so you went to a vineyard Mm -hmm. and when was the shift that you felt as if like you were, that the taste was palatable to you? I don't know if I can pinpoint to an actual time. I do know that wine like the taste of wine is also altered by what you're doing. So if you're eating, that's going to enhance or yeah. like affect the flavor. I've heard that, yeah. Um, if you are, the obviously the temperature. So like it, like the, the environment and what you're doing like really controls like the actual experience of drinking the wine. Yeah. And I learned that I wasn't drinking wine properly. Um, mm. Cause before I like really truly could because I I, I drink red wine and I, and I literally spit it out the first time I think I had like and this is also why I had a merlot or some some gross I, like I don't ugh. anyways um I had it and I like literally like spit it back into the cup and I was just like maybe I'm not a red wine girl after all I'll just stick to the white and I think I was like I think I was drinking like Pinot Gris. Which I I did not make the best wine choices when I was younger, but obviously I was young, so I didn't know. Um, but I had to like really like sort of like train myself. So I started slow with more like medium bodied stuff, and then I started to try to get comfortable drinking like medium bodied red wine. And then once I got there. I could drink like full bodied red wine, which is a lot more bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, color also kind of like affects it too. So if you can see the color, you can kind of like pinpoint the taste. The great thing about wine, and I think it's like similar to design, is that you're using your senses. Like yeah. you really just have to like, don't overthink it. Like you know how to smell, you know how to like taste. You can see, like really just like use your senses. Like, um, for example, like if I'm looking at this cup, like so say there's wine in the cup, um, a proper way to check the color is like sometimes people hold it up to the ceiling. You're not supposed to do that. You're really just supposed to look at it, like hold it down low and then look my the white wine that I like to drink is not like a yeasty pea yellow. I like it to look very light and clear. And I also like my red wines to be medium body. So my favorite red wine is Beaujolais which is a uh, French red wine made from the Gamay grape. And so that particular wine has a really nice red color. Like it's not uh, it's not super thick. It's not full body. So you can kind of see through that red. And it looks really pretty and almost like a little, little purplish. But um, like you're looking at the color, you're looking at the color, and you can kind of get like a sense of what it's going to taste like. Yeah. And then so after you look and you study the color, smell it. Just smell it. Don't overthink it. A lot of people overthink it. Just smell it and kind of like really take your time. Like, okay, do I smell vanilla? Do I smell apple? Like, what are these notes? And kind of like take a sense of those notes and figure out um, 
because sometimes it tastes a little different than the notes you smell. Um, and so this is like, this starts to get really snobby, so then you like swirl it. Um, and then you sip it, but when you sip, don't swallow. Keep it at the front of your mouth. And sometimes people like, keep it at the front of your mouth, like really like try to taste it. And then you can spit it out or you can swallow it depending on what you want to do. But like really use your senses and, and really pay attention to the experience and like the actual like body of wine. That's how you really start to appreciate wine. And that's how people end up really enjoying alcohol because they do the same with liquor. Mm -hmm. You know, like people who are uh, uh, brandy connoisseurs, bourbon connoisseurs, like they really like try to pay. I, I, I do not know how you understand the notes in bourbon. <laughs> Like I get it, like I maybe like a smoky flavor I can kind of get, but I really don't know how people can really taste what bourbon, like the different flavors, and because it all tastes like alcohol to me. But I'm pretty sure people yeah, it definitely all taste the same. To taste me. Say the thing about the same thing about wine. I don't know. That's not my that's not my alley. I don't know liquor like that. But like really, like you start to sort of appreciate the body of work or like the actual like wine because you can experience it and a, a lot of wine has stories like you can tell the taste of a wine based on the weather mm -hmm. like if the weather was bad that year you can taste it yeah and it like really becomes like this experience that that sort of like tells a story and you're just like wow and, and you, if you go to like a vineyard and you can like hear the story and they'll talk about the soil and all this other stuff but i i, I particularly like french wine um and not necessarily like um so there's old, old world and new world. Mm -hmm. Old world is all of those uh, European countries that have been making wine for like thousands of years. Um, and there's like new world, like America, um, where wine here is fairly new. Uh, Virginia wine is a thing. <laughs> um, not saying it's bad. It's cool. Um, California wine is even more a thing. And um, the soil here in America is different than the soil in France or Italy. And America hasn't been making wine that long because America isn't that old. Mm -hmm. And then also prohibition was a thing. So that stopped winemaking. So it kind of like reset the clock on how we can look at the soil, produce the soil and figure out like what actually works and what we can grow here. Um, there's a winery here called Barbersville and there's a grape. I cannot think about what this grape is or where it comes from, but it, I feel like it's either Italy or France. It does not grow here in America, but for some reason, I don't know how they got the grape to actually grow in the soil at Barbersville. And it affects uh, one of their most popular wines, which I feel like is the the Octagon. Do not quote me on that. Do not, I do not remember. But it affects like one of their like really uh, popular wines because they were able to get this European grape to grow in the soil here. I always thought that was very interesting, but also like I'm not a fan of like taking um, ingredients or crops from other places and Mm -hmm. and and going else because that's how you like actually mess up the soil mm. um key africa and, and white people <laughs> <laughs> you seem uh you seem really knowledgeable about your stuff uh yeah a little bit i mean more than me bit. so yeah that's not really, that's true. <laughs> i like i was at some point i was and i think i still might do this i want to become a sommelier only because I want to know the wine, not because I actually want to work in the restaurant industry. Mm. I, I like really want to be like, I want to be that person that can taste the wine and be like 1942, this region, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like I want, I want to know how that's goes. So like I, I started taking classes, um, but I haven't been able to proceed because I have to focus on other things right now. But sure. I really want to get uh, to the Somalia level and like take the class and like really be able to to know my, my stuff about wine. Yeah.
due time. In due time, yes. So what are your three-year to eight-year goals? Well, um, that's so interesting that you say that because uh, God laughed at all of my goals a month ago. And that's fun. So my I had a five-year plan. I'm on year like going on to year four or five and um my plan was to really cultivate and learn uh as a designer at my current job and then kind of like make a move elsewhere and i felt like in that time i would figure out where um and i was not i i learned a lot i also grew a lot um professionally and personally but also I went through a lot of personal things in that time where I felt like it hindered me in terms of actually learning. Like I felt like I could have been more advanced if I had not gone through X, Y, and Z because my mind was focused on other things. I don't want to sort of beat myself up about that because I can't, I can control whatever I can control. Um, But there had been for the past few months I've been feeling really unfulfilled and really just like dang I just like this is what I do like I got friends like um shout out to Jessica Holt an amazing designer in New York um you know did some work at the BMFAs with Lil Nas X you know I got friends uh, uh shout out to Dina and Jacinth uh beautiful people um in LA doing creative amazing things and I'm like seeing all of my friends do these incredible things and I'm so happy for them and I because I know like it ain't always easy and I know like things that they go through and to see them flourish is fantastic and um I'm like so happy that God has blessed them and what they do and all this other stuff but I'm just like I'm just making websites and going to the gym like that's not what I had like envisioned for my life. And I had been complaining and been complaining and been complaining. And a few weeks ago, I got a job offer, not looking for it, just like kind of fell into my lap, which is a blessing. Um, and it shook me because it's not a part of my plan. And I don't know how to move when things start to happen like that. And then after that, I'm like rapidly like seeking the voice of God. Like, was this you or was this just like some random? Like, I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to do at this moment? And so I no longer have a have a long term plan. Um, Long story short, I did take the job. And so I'm I'm going to go and continue to learn and expedite my career as a designer and as a professional. And I think this new work environment is really going to do that. but after this job, I don't know. But I'm I'm hoping this job can answer some outstanding questions that I have. Like I have questions in terms of what type of design I want to do next, if I want to stay in UX or if it's more brand things that I should be focused on, uh, where I want to go, like what city, what what type of company, you know. I worked at smaller companies, so now I'm about to work at a bigger company. And like I can get a better sense of, do I fit in inside a small shop or do I work at like a fortune 500 company? Like what, 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 where do I, yeah. 
maneuver. Um, so I, I feel like this this particular uh, position is going to help answer all of those outstanding questions that I have um, for myself. And so that I'm taking it one day at a time. I have no more plans, no more like eight year plans. I'm not saying it's not it's not it's bad. Like please plan your life. But for sure, yeah. For me, I'm just kind of like taking it as I go, and mm-hmm. just like you know, like being a vessel, listening to the Lord, and figuring out what I need to do, but really focusing on what I need to fix as of late. Mm. But I know that in eight years, hold on, how long <laughs> in eight years. I hope I'm able to say that I want to make a cake in in the morning and just do that. Like, <laughs> mm. I want more. And, and, you know, I've been joking about just wanting to be a housewife, which I don't think is actually a joke. <laughs> um, I just want to I want what I'm trying to communicate is that I want the freedom. And I'm this sounds so bad. I know the housewives like don't have the freedom to do whatever they want. They like they have to work like that is an actual job. Because you have kids. And, Yes. I don't want to be that type of housewife. I just maybe just want to be unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Just not working while somebody else is taking care of the financials. Mm. Well, that's not true. I think I would actively like to like work and design when I want to. Like, I don't want to not design. I want to design, which is also why I don't really want to run my own company because I want to actually do. You just don't want to do it for money. No, I, I do. Just not like every day. <laughs> as far as like you have to do it. Yes, I don't want to have to do yes. it. Right. Yes. Like I want to be in a position where um, I do not have to work. I would. I want to design because I want to design. Or I want to design because I want to help somebody out. Mm-hmm. But I do not want to have to do it. I want to really wake up and just like kind of, you know, I feel like. going back to sleep and I can do that without checking in and being like hey by the way I'm going like I'm not going to be available from x y and z like I I don't want to do that yeah I get it thank you because I was that was going real left real quick and I was just (laughs) I do not want to offend people who are housewives that is like that is a very important job yeah I respect that absolutely um yeah but I'm glad you were able to understand what I was saying (laughs) I'm sure the people who are looking at it or or who are listening to it get it too. I hope so. Don't hate me. <laughs> okay, so we're we are going to wrap up. Okay. Um this was a great talk. This was fantastic. This is a great talk. Um typically I allow the guests to wrap it up by okay. saying something inspirational to those who are listening or watching. Mm-hmm. Um so whatever comes to your heart, whatever you want to leave them with. Um, would be perfect. Um, when I was little, uh, I'm short and I've always been short, even so when I was small, but I don't think that makes sense because like, I think everybody's like the same height. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, um, when I was, when I was little, I couldn't, um, reach the, also whoever ran the house and had the toothpaste in the, like the cabinet. That's disrespectful. Not everybody can reach that. So I used to climb on the toilet to get the toothpaste because I couldn't get it, but it was scary. So I used to be like, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And I would say that until I got the toothpaste. And um, I still live by that. I can do all things through Jesus Christ. So you can do all things. Even if you don't feel like you are creative, you can do all things. Let your mind 
in your heart be open and receptive to do all things and that's all mm. that was fire <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I definitely want to say thank you thank you thank you thank, thank you, you for having me for being patient oh of course i i am a really relaxed person um unless i have somewhere to be yes but, not not for yeah. sure like thank you for being patient uh, with all of the technical difficulties that we had they didn't even know that <laughs> i'm trying to keep it real on here <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm trying to give them all like i'm not trying to be perfect or anything with this i'm just trying to be like yo like this is this is what it is yeah um long story short antonio is going to get a plate full of all flat wings <laughs> and the most difficult and expensive uh, food order for <laughs> his turmoil and stress <laughs> So he definitely took away the drinks. Like he was like the most expensive food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. Yes. Um, At least you can get a lemonade. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I don't drink anyway, so like I, I definitely oh, take fine. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, thank you for being patient. Thank you for like taking some time to come out mm -hmm. um, and preparing for this talk. Because um, you didn't have to be here. You didn't have to say yes to being a part of this. Um, and I just want to say I appreciate you coming out. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Crystal. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed this conversation. I thought it was fruitful, and um, hopefully it helped somebody. I think that this platform is amazing. This podcast is amazing, and I think you are amazing, and I'm so excited to see all the things that you're going to do. Um, I'm excited to see all of the things that you are doing. Yeah. Um you introduce your guests, but Antonio <laughs> is a creative, a director, a filmmaker, a podcaster, a designer, a developer. He can design and develop all in the same time, which not a lot of people can do. Conversationalist. He doesn't drink. And he eats all flat wings. <laughs> I don't eat that. There, no one is going to understand that joke. <laughs> it's not me. I like drums better. Oh. I like the drums. Well, that made me really sad because I was hoping. I love flat wings. That's the best part. I had hopes. Nah. No, it's okay. Drums are way better. I don't understand that logic, but continue. Drums are way better. Dude. Go off. It's, it's a lot more meat there. <laughs> and you can hold it better. Like, just... You can hold it better. Yeah, she could just. <laughs> nah, nah. There, there is a, there is a joy that you get from eating a flat wing, and I don't know if it's the skin, I don't know what it is, but the flats are just a way better eating experience. I feel like you eat the, you eat the drum, and it's over. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to get straight to it you're eating that's why you don't enjoy <laughs> alcohol because you're supposed to taste it <laughs> that's why i like stella because it, <laughs> it tastes just take like soda. your time that's disgusting <laughs> that is terrible no do not do not put wine or ice in your wine please that is not that is not the proper way to drink it and if you think it tastes better it doesn't it waters it down you are literally ruining the rotten grape. See, I love my food super hot, and I love my drinks 
extremely cold. Extremely cold. How is your teeth sensitivity? <laughs> Pretty fine. Oh, okay. I suppose. Like, you like, that was not a joke. You really like your drink super cold? Yeah, super cold. You know, you know, they say we're supposed to drink like lukewarm or water, yeah. room temperature water. My water is always like iced out. I like cold water. I don't know what iced out. My teeth, I don't think they can. I don't know how my, I don't know what's happening with my enamel. It's just probably gone. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I, I still got mine. I think, I think, I don't really know. I clearly you might. You should. <laughs> All right. So. I've also been trying to figure out, like, how should I just, like, bow out? Like, what's the best way to bow out? Like, of the podcast? Yeah. At, uh, at the end of, like, an episode. Because, uh, you see, I'm still working on the, the intro. Yeah. I'm, how do I, like, just end it? Sometimes I see podcasts that end, like, they just kind of, like, like, they're laughing or, like, they get to a point and it just kind of, like, fades out. Like, it's not like, all right, bye. <laughs> I think that's like because it's natural you know and you kind of like end on like a good note that's like really fun really intuitive and it just kind of like maybe you have like a little sound that happens at, at the end of every podcast i don't know like a little yeah. beat like a little yeah there's music that like yeah and just like yeah. fades it out yeah we have some like good notes in there that you can like kind of like all right we're done. <laughs> all right bye <laughs> <laughs>